Hi, everybody. It's Kevin Collins, the host of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast presented by Cape and Islands Mitsubishi and Cape Codder Boats. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you're about to tune in to episode number five of our podcast season and the very first in the month of June. This podcast was first published back on Friday, June the 2nd and was available to our membership. Joining us on today's program is MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins, Bruno Demir of Cape and Islands Mitsubishi, AJ Coots of Red Top Sporting Goods down in Buzzards Bay, and last but not least, first-time podcast guest Amy Wrightson of Sportsport down in Hyannis. So we sure hope you enjoy today's program, and if you want to get this information in a little bit more timely fashion, head on over to My Fishing Cape Cod and become a member, where you'll get immediate access to these weekly podcasts every Friday morning, and all the podcasts we've posted, not only this season, but all the way back in our 10-year history. You'll also get access to the famous MFCC Forum, where our members are constantly trading ideas and reports. So enjoy today's program, and hopefully I'll see you over on the member side. Welcome to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. The My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is your local source for the latest news and information on fishing Cape Cod. Now, here's your host, Kevin Collins. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast here on MyFishingCapeCod.com. As always, we're brought to you by Cape and Islands Mitsubishi and Cape Codder Boats. I'm your host, Kevin Collins, back with you for our first June episode of the podcast in the 2023 fishing season. And man, the weather is slowly improving. It doesn't look like it's going to be great this weekend. We'll dive right into that with MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins, who's patiently waiting on the line to join us on the top of the show. We're also going to be joined by Bruno Demir of Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. Next up will be AJ Coots of Red Top Sporting Goods in beautiful Buzzards Bay. And last but not least, we'll be joined by a first-time podcast guest, and that is Amy Wrightson of Sportsport down in Hyannis. We're going to have a lot of news for you on today's show. We're going to check in on the sea bass and scup bite, which has been prevalent over the last couple of weeks. Of course, we're going to check in on the striped bass fishery, not only inside Cape Cod Bay, but in Vineyard Sound, Nantucket Sound, and Buzzards Bay as well. We'll even get a canal report from AJ later in the show. And at the tail end, we'll check in with Amy for freshwater as well. So as always, an action-packed program in store for you today. Let's dive right in. Well, first up on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast brought to you by Cape and Islands Mitsubishi and Cape Codder Boats is our usual leadoff guest, MFCC founder and creator, Ryan Collins. Ryan, how are you on this beautiful morning? Doing great, Kevin. Definitely enjoying the weather before scheduled to blow out of the Northeast this coming weekend. So we'll see how it goes this weekend. But as of right now, it's definitely a beautiful day. Did I see, Ryan, that, you know, we're supposed to have some nice days here in the mid, you know, to late midweek where it's going to be like 70, 75. Then all of a sudden that north wind's going to put it back down in the 50s for the weekend. I think that's what I was seeing. So this weekend, if I was going to go out, I would think about surf casting the Cape Cod Bay beaches, you know, from the canal down towards Brewster. With the northeast wind, especially the first day of a northeast wind, I've done very well you know, historically in that stretch. I think that northeast wind just blows all the bait, blows all the fish. They're just more naturally inclined to come into the beach, especially during the daylight hours. 
Now, I know you've had a chance to, to be out on the water and do some fishing. I think you were predominantly focused on sea bass since our last conversation, but fill us in on what you've been up to. We did a trip with Eddie Kuyumjian of Monomoy Tackle. He did a giveaway in the forum. We took Josh Sawyer, his daughter Jordan, and his son Jason out sea bass fishing last week on Buzzards Bay. We had a great time, but the sea bass bite wasn't nearly as good as it was the trip before out in Nantucket Sound. So we did catch plenty of nice big sea bass and scup in Buzzards Bay. You know, the usual spots, you'll see the fleet of boats out there, head to Cleveland Light, that whole area. So there's fish there, but it wasn't nearly as good as the sea bass fishing right now off Nantucket Sound, that's for sure. I know you also brought some scup home as well to fillet, something you were working on when I stopped by to visit you and your lovely wife, Lauren. Yes, I love scup. Very good. So I filleted the scup. I filleted a smooth dogfish, and we had the dogfish for dinner just the other night. It was delicious. Lauren liked it. So do not, you know, be afraid if you catch a smooth dogfish this year, especially if it's all tangled up and bloody, which they oftentimes do. Don't be afraid to take it home and eat it. It was quite good. The only thing I would recommend is gutting it, icing it down immediately. I think that makes a really big difference. So I know one of the things that's really, you know, been a surprise this season is the striped bass activity, you know, early in the month of May. It's certainly, you know, picked up as we've gone through May. This is going to be our first podcast here published in the beautiful month of June. Uh, what are you hearing about stripers well, on Tuesday, we had a group fishing trip with Captain Cullen. We had just an extraordinary crew. And you never know who's going to hop on board these trips, but usually everyone's awesome. And this crew was really terrific. We went out the east end of the canal, caught a whole bunch of tinker mackerel, and very, very, very small mackerel, Kevin. We're talking like six, seven inches, with just a few bigger ones mixed in. Then we ran through the canal and live-lined them in Buzzards Bay. It wasn't like crazy, crazy good, but it was still pretty good. We got maybe a half dozen fish between 30 and 41 inches, maybe, as well as two pretty large bluefish that were over 30 inches. So it was a good day. The guys brought home some bluefish for the smoker. And um, yeah, that's my, my boat report. And as far as surf casting goes, gosh, the guys inside the surf casters thread this week have been just lighting it up. It seems like guys are catching quite a few fish from all over the Cape. Cape Cod Bay beaches, South Side Inlets, Boulder Fields and Buzzards Bay and Vineyard Sound. I think Calvin caught a fish that might have been 40 pounds last night. So I would check out the Surfcasters thread if you're interested in trying to catch a fish from the beach because they are catching and it's awesome to see. So we've got, you know, this, the sea bass fishery is in full flux. Uh, the scup are here as well. The stripers have been here for over a month now at this point. And now we're adding bluefish to the mix as the water warms up a bit. So it's really just kind of a plethora of salt water species you can choose from. And don't forget about bluefin tuna. Season opens Thursday, June 1st. I haven't, you know, seen any tuna. I haven't heard too much. But I was talking to Captain Cohen yesterday, and he just kind of looked at me and said, they're here. Now, in terms of uh, Captain Cohen, do you, we have more group trips coming up here on the horizon? We do, and we have, as of this recording, we've got one spot available on June 5th. We just added a new late morning, early afternoon trip for June 9th. 
We've got two spots available on that trip. We've got one spot available on June 20th, and these are all striper trips. And then I think we have one spot available on a wrecked tuna trip on June 24th. So if you go to the website, in the main navigation menu, there's a link that says group trips. You can give that a click, sign up, love to see you on board. Well, that sounds great, Ryan. And anything else administratively going on with MFCC that you want folks to know about? Oh, I'm sure there is, Kevin, but I can't think of anything in particular right now. I'm always working on stuff behind the scenes and trying to make it better and better. And if anybody listening has anything in particular that they'd like to see on the site, feel free to reach out. Yeah, and along those lines, too, in the forum, we've got the podcast thread where I know you're doing a great job of kind of posting the weekly podcasts along in that thread as well. I've taken time to chime in on that thread uh, myself in the forum, and it's a great spot, too, for folks if they have feedback, right, on the podcast, maybe a potential guest idea for us or a topic they'd like discussed, you know, they can always feel free to chime in there in the forum, and we can definitely try to set something up this summer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't be afraid to reach out and let us know what you think and what you'd like to see more of and maybe what you'd like to see less of. I'm very open to constructive criticism. All right, Ryan, I'll let you get back to enjoying this beautiful day. We'll enjoy the warmth here for a couple of days while we can before this north wind comes in over the weekend. And hopefully when we chat next week, we're back to, you know, nice, smooth southwest breezes and maybe temperatures in the, the mid to upper 70s, maybe even low 80s. Maybe it'll feel like summer for once. It's on the horizon. It's only going to get nicer and nicer. Pleasure talking with you as always. Well, up next on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good buddy, Bruno Demir from down at Cape and Islands, Mitsubishi, and Cape Codder Boats. And Bruno... How are you on this beautiful morning? I am doing awesome, Kevin. I'm out here at Monomoy. I got birds, I got sunshine, and I got stripers on top water as far as my eye can see right now. Well, let's dive into a report, Bruno. We're going to start with what you and I did uh, with Ryan. I think it was last week. The weeks all run together. But we were fortunate enough to get the Gavi out on the bite and get some delicious sea bass. So let's start with sea bass and scup. How's that bite been, Bruno, over the last week or so? It has been awesome. Uh, the, the sound fishery for black sea bass has been probably the best I can ever remember. Um, it's a very easy picking. Uh, the tip I could give you is like on our trip with you, me, Ryan and uh you know if you if you put bait on you're gonna get a hubcap um scup. Sorry, hold on. There's a there's a huge feed right in front of me of stripers. Um but if you uh decide to go without the bait, you're gonna get yourself a nice twenty, twenty one inch D bass. And I think they'll be around there for probably another two weeks and then they'll scatter out and uh so if you're planning on Taking the kids fishing, there isn't a better fishery. But I think we did all right. How'd you How'd you like the trip? I thought we did amazing, and you had a great instinct, Bruno. When we were fishing, we were amongst a fleet for a while, and we were getting a lot of shorts. You chose to reposition the boat, uh, make a small alteration on another piece of structure. I don't know why you chose to do that. Maybe you can explain a little bit. But as soon as we did that. And we got away from the fleet, and we also went to our non-baited jigs, as you mentioned. It seemed like we got into a much, you know, nicer school of fish. Yeah, you know, um, 
that's a little honey hole that I'll be back. And um, I personally never like fishing fleets. I prefer to get away from the fleet and trust my, my, you know, my log of previous seasons and my, um, my, um, you know, fish finder, try to find some good bottom and to mark my own school of fish. And that's exactly what we did. We marked big school of fish. And once we marked them, it's a matter of just cracking the code. Um, but it seemed as though jigging for them without bait will get you a bigger fish. Um, the small sea bass, if you bait it, are going to are gonna come and hit pretty much anything you throw at them because they're hungry. Without the bait and a big jig, you know, you're, you're, you're going to attract the bigger fish. You're not going to have as, as consistent of a hookup, but you will get the bigger ones when you do. Now, I know, Bruno, you wanted to keep some of the scup that we got for some of your relatives. Sure. They're a good eating fish, and we were pulling up some hubcap-sized scup. If folks, yeah, we sure were. If folks are looking to just target the scup, what would you recommend using for that? We were using squid, weren't we, strips of squid? We were using strips of squid, yeah, and uh, you could just do a high-low rig with two hooks and some squid, and that's all you really need. You might get a bunch of small sea bass that you got to go through, but but they're all kind of mixed in together. Some parts will have more scup than sea bass, and some parts will have more sea bass than scup, but the general area is just like uh, central uh, Nantucket and Vineyard Sound, whether it be from the Tyre Reef all the way west from there. All right, Bruno, let's get into what you're doing this morning. Set the scene for us. You're out at Monomoy fishing the rips. Uh, whose boat are you on, and what are you guys up to this morning? So I'm here with my good buddy, Derek Barber. He's the captain of Team Hook'em, which is a uh, 53-foot HCB. It's a heck of a boat. We usually use it out to go tuna fishing and to the canyons, but beginning of the season, the captain likes to take it out and work the kinks out of it, make sure all systems are checked. And uh, it's good to have friends like that because I can uh, jump on board when he's out here working uh working the boat make sure everything's working and as we were going out to monomoy before we even got to the point we saw some birds and right now we're on just uh i would say a good football field of striper on sand deals on the surface and um we're just doing some catch and release and having fun with these guys you know we crushed the barbs on our hooks and we're working some paddle tails we're working some of uh uh, my cousin Eddie's uh, new plug from Monomoy Tackle uses some of those. So they're on smaller bait, so they're a little finicky, but we're getting a few and having some fun with them. And it's nice to hear too, Bruno, because as we're taping this, it's about 10 o'clock in the morning, so the sun's you know well up in the sky and these fish are still up on top eating. Yeah, you know, um, I, I, I generally just look at the water flow when I come out to Monomoy. If I see a good water flow, where the max flow is peaking at a certain time, that's when I come out and I'll work an hour before an hour, and that seems to pay off the best. And you mentioned, you know, these fish are, are feeding on sand eels up on top. Are there any squid mixed in that you can tell, or is it just predominantly sand eels? Oh, oh I'm on. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, oh, I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's not, oh, man, this is fun out here. You guys got to get out here and do this. 
But uh, no, I haven't seen squid. It seems like the, the the fish that we're pulling up or playing around with, they seem to be on um, sand eels. That's what they're puking up. So okay. some slop fish mixed in. Well, that's that what I was gonna. That's what I was. That was my next question. Are they that? kind of 26 inch just under slot that we had been finding in the sound or are there yes. some of the bigger hey. ones hey oh come on again <laughs> yes exactly they're about 24 26 inch fish which is and that's so good as you know is this is the future stock of the fish and we were concerned for a while that we weren't going to see these 24 inch fish and where'd they go and uh it's nice to see that they're healthy they're here in abundance um, just, you know, we got to be careful with them. You got to crush your barbs. You got to keep them in the water as long as you can, but it is, uh, definitely fun. You know, this guy that I got on right now, I think might be a slot fish cause he's giving me some health. You know, swing this on the bow here. You can hear my drag go. Yeah. I can, you're, you're almost, you're, you're getting out of breath too on us. I can hear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a good time, man. You know, this is what Cape Cod's all about. Wow, this guy, guy, 32-inch fish. Wow, very there, nice. There, this, one. this one's a 32-inch fish. I haven't seen bluefish, although I'm expecting to see them today. Okay. Because of the water temperature. Wow, that's a good fish too, huh? Derek just pulled up a 30-inch fish. So there's some bigger fish definitely mixed in with these guys. That's good to hear. Look at this one, Derek. So, I would say you know, typically 62 degrees is what you want to see. You got a camera, Derek? No, I'm in the middle of something. You're in the middle of releasing a fish? All right. Uh, I'm holding, guys, I'm holding a, a very healthy 32-inch striper with sea lice all over it right now. And I just threw it back. Very nice. Wow. So, yes, they're on small sandios. They're mixed in with some smaller fish, but uh, with the big the lure, it seems like you're getting the bigger fish. I plan on catching striper and some fun with them, but certainly not. Don't want to hurt these fish this year, but it is fantastic out here. The sun's up in the sky. It's milky, calm water. You can see them come up and feed. You know, I get up on the bow and I'm looking down and I could see a good five feet down, and I could I could see the fish just coming right to the boat as I'm casting into them. I mean, this is as good as it gets right now, so I'm casting into these guys. And it's supposed to be pretty nice tomorrow also. I think Friday is going to pick up a little bit wind-wise, but I'll tell you what, this is uh, fat right now to be on Cape Cod. Um, there's also, uh, let's talk about some... The offshore's starting to heat up. A lot of the the, uh, the canyon guys are talking about temperature breaks in the canyons of up to seventy five degrees right now. Wow, canyons. that's toasty. So that's that's something interesting. There's a lot of talk of bluefin tuna south of the vineyard. I know a lot of folks are gonna start heading down there and seeing what they can find, but we're pretty sure they're down there already. So the the, the offshore bite's gonna warm up here pretty soon. You're gonna start seeing reports of that coming. Awesome. Um, I know I'll definitely be targeting tuna next week. So that is what is happening on Cape Cod. And this is as, I don't know if you can hear it, but the fish are just boiling 
all over me right now. I don't know if he is splashing. Well, I'm gonna let you get. Ba- I'm gonna let you get back to fishing, Bruno. Last thing I wanted to ask you was just anything going on down at the dealership. Yeah, we're getting a Cape Cotter this weekend. So Beautiful. We're gonna have that puppy out, and we're gonna chase some striper on the flats and see if Ryan can get some footage, and I'll be posting it on the forums, and uh, we're pretty excited about that. All right, Bruno, I'll let you get back to playing with these striped bass. Sounds like an amazing morning you're having, but thank you so much for sharing some of your experience with us here on the podcast. You got it, Kevin. Thank you for calling. Tight lines, everybody. Get out there and get one. Well, next up on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good buddy A.J. Coots from down behind the counter at the beautiful Red Top Sporting Goods. A.J., how are you today? I'm doing well. It's uh, it's good to be back and looking forward to hitting some really key points that's going to be coming up in the next week or so. But yeah, the, the weather's been good. Uh, traffic over the Memorial Day weekend was very light. And for the for the guys jigging the canal, it was a, a very solid weekend. The tides in the, the canal especially, I know we've got, is it the breaking tides that you guys refer to it as? The infamous breaking tides, that's correct. So Saturday is the first full moon of June, and the full moon causes stronger tides, uh, lower lows and higher highs. Um, the breaking tides are when they when they line up with the current turn. So if you if you're looking at a tide chart, you'll see that uh, on Sunday morning, current slacking up about four o'clock in the morning. And uh, low tide at the railroad bridge is uh, touch before five. So that's really the, and it's a minus tide. So it could be 0.1 to a foot lower than normal. And that's that's really what constitutes a breaking tide. So when we're fishing the breaking tides, right, I'm going to completely uh, plead ignorance here. I'm not a canal guy, never have been. I've always been a surf cast from shore in the bay guy. Um, but when you're fishing the breaking tides, is it best to fish kind of the lower tide because there's just less water to get them in? Yeah, absolutely. Depending upon where you are, uh, again, for this example, if we look at the tide chart for Sunday, um, you'll see that in Sandwich, the the low tide, 6 o'clock in the morning, 6.01 technically, uh, and then there's a little asterisk. The asterisk is a minus tide, meaning that the tide could be 0.1 to a foot lower than usual. And then on Monday, you'll see uh, the tides 50 minutes later, but it's a double minus tide. So that means it can be 1.1 feet to 2 feet higher, in this case, lower than usual. So you take 7 miles of the canal and you take 2 feet of water out of it. That's a substantial difference on a large body of water. And the beauty of the breaking tides, historically speaking, is that there's an excellent topwater bite so that you don't have to go down there and, and robocast jigs and, and jig your arm off. You can you can definitely find fish on top, and it's what a lot of guys prefer. Now, I'm thinking from the standpoint or the viewpoint of a striped bass, and I'm swimming through the canal, I'm hungry, I'm looking for a snack. To me, obviously, if, if there's less water, there's less you know areas for that bait to escape to. And especially along the edges of the canal, that water is going to get really skinny uh, for me to push bait up against the shoulders of the canal. Uh, is this when you would expect to see some of those kind of biblical, I'll say, topwater blitzes uh, in the canal kind of in short water? 
Absolutely. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, the, the lower water in the canal gives the fish, the, the bait fish, uh, less room to work and the, and the striped bass, if you will, uh, as a predator, more room to work in that they don't have to do as much to go chase the bait to the edges. So that's why, historically speaking, the topwater bite on the breaking tides um, tends to be very good. It applies to both ends, too. It's not just the it's not just an east end thing. You can get them mid canal. You can get them. Uh, you can get them at the west end on top. So let's dive into what those fish, you know, could potentially be chasing and trying to trap, right? Because even if those fish are aggressively feeding and they are, you know, visible to you and, and they're very, I'll say, aggressively eating on top, you're still going to have to put something out there that is enticing to them. So can you can you give me a little bit of an idea on what's been floating through the canal in terms of bait and what folks might want to use or be armed with in their tackle bags to be successful? Sure. The the two primary bait fish I would expect to see in the canal right now are going to be mackerel and squid. Uh, there's a chance that the squid won't be as plentiful, um, but the mackerel have definitely been around. With any luck, we'll add a third to that, and we'll say there'll be some adult pogies. Mm. There's big schools of them in Buzzards Bay. There's a very good chance that these tides can bring those the pogies into the canal, and we could get on a really crazy bite. To mimic those, to mimic the the mackerel, guys usually throw a, a pencil popper in the three to four ounce range, uh, something that typically floats or is a very slow sinker, and uh, they work it right across the surface with that that wagging motion and that that erratic splashing motion is really what what gets the the stripers to bite. And to mimic the squid, there's a there's a couple of lures out there. Uh, Yozuri makes a, a beautiful squid imitation. It's a swimming lure. It doesn't cast very well, but if the fish aren't very far offshore, you could certainly use them. And then there's a new one to the market this year by Nomad called the Squid Treks. Uh, those are available in a few sizes, and one of them is definitely heavy enough. It's about three, three and a quarter ounce. You could easily swim that or jig that in the canal to mimic those squid, and you should have pretty good luck on those. I want to ask you another outside-the-box idea that just came into my head. Um, now that we have kind of flipped into June, right, um, in the summer months, I know a lot of guys will fish eels. Um, I know we talked very briefly about those kind of coming into the fold on our last visit. Are eels pretty much just white noise in the canal? Uh, are they even possible to fish in the canal during this type of tide? Well, there's a lot of ways to fish an eel. Uh, the most popular ways to do it in the canal back in the day was to find the big ones, skin them, and rig them on an eel skin jig head. Okay. The jig head is unique in that it's like a standard, it's like a standard lead head, um, but there's a hole drilled through the center of it. And you can imagine if you had an eel skin zip tied or, or threaded onto the back of that jig, with all that water going through the head when you're jigging it and letting it sink, the action that that puts on the skin. So it's an old school way to fish. I guarantee it would still continue to crush fish. And then um, a more new school way would be to rig dead eels. That way you don't have to worry about live eels, um, you know, slipping out of your hands, going into the rocks. And then not only that, but once you get them rigged and cast, 
then you still have to deal with them going into the rocks. So live eels in the canal is a tough fishery. Um, so that's why that's why guys will do eel skins and they'll do uh, they'll rig dead eels on jig heads. Very cool. Now moving out of the canal, I know that's a great opportunity for folks coming up here, but give me an idea of what Buzzards Bay is looking like, what it's fishing like uh, in terms of a boat report. And I'd like you to include, if you could, not just sea bass, which has been you know very much in season, and I know scup is plentiful as well, but stripers and, and any sign of bluefish. Sure. Um, there have been, there have been bluefish, which is a, which is a good sign. Uh, not a good sign for the squid, but it's a good sign for the fishery. We haven't had an incredible bluefish bite, um, in quite a while. There was a couple of big dogs last year for the, uh, for the Martha's Vineyard Derby that were weighed in, but they don't typically work their way up into the canal and they don't work their way up into Buzzards Bay as much as they used to. Um, so we've definitely seen those guys catching them on uh, subsurface lures and like a SP minnow or a Joe Bag Swart or something like that. Uh, the bass bite has been incredible. I, I mentioned it earlier that there's there's acres of pogies out in Buzzards Bay and there's big fish still feeding on them. That's that's a typical spring bite for us. We've seen it seen it for years now. Um, with the prominent lure being the the dock the nine inch or the seven inch bone spook lures, those mimic a pogey very well. And they, they catch fish like no other, uh, when they're on that, when they're on that kind of bite. And in terms of sea bass, um, has that still been kind of, I'll say hit and miss. I know that I spoke to Ryan earlier in the podcast and I think he was out in buzzards Bay over the last week and they were a little bit tough to wrangle up for him. Yeah. Yep. He's not the first guy to say that he won't be the last. My advice for all the guys targeting sea bass who are so accustomed to fishing 20 to 25 feet of water out at Cleveland's, um, fishing that, the, the structure in that area, my best advice or my pro tip of the day would be go deeper. Find some deeper water, find some structure in some deeper water, and uh, go, go fish those the same exact way, just deeper. I think you'll find a lot more bigger fish as well as more fish. And I don't know if that has something to do with it's going to be a later season for sea bass or if the water just warmed up too much and they just want to be in that deeper water. A great example of this is uh, right outside of, uh, in West Falmouth, right outside of like Silver Beach. There's some, there's some holes out there that are 40 to 45 feet and within a hundred feet of that, there's a ledge that jumps, it jumps all the way up to 23 feet. So fishing those contour lines towards the deeper, towards the deeper side, if you're skewed towards the deeper side, I think you'll yield uh, a lot bigger fish and a lot more fish personally. Last thing I wanted to ask you about AJ is just what's cooking down at the shop. Anything new that you want folks to know about and, and what's good, you know, flying off the shelves. People are definitely ramping up for tuna. Uh, I think they're anticipating a, a good year like that was last year. So we're starting to see a, a big push on stuff like that. Uh, those, those jigging setups for the, for the sword, for that, for that tuna jig bite that they had out there last year was incredible. Um, there's still tons of rookies and, and tons of seasoned veterans coming in, uh, stocking up for the, for the moon tides this weekend. Um, I think everyone's predicting that it's going to be very good. Typically, the moons in June are some of the best fisheries we had. This year was 
this year was early, but it doesn't mean that it won't repeat itself for June again. All right, AJ, really appreciate you carving out, you know, some of your time on the, on a day off with us here on the podcast. It's much appreciated by everybody that takes the time to, to check in with us on a weekly basis. So much appreciated, my friend, and I look forward to catching up with you in another couple of weeks. Absolutely. Again, thanks for having me, and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Well, up next on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is a first-time guest. Please give a warm My Fishing Cape Cod welcome to Amy Wrightson of Sportsport, located down in beautiful Hyannis on Cape Cod. Amy, how are you on this gorgeous afternoon? Hi, Kevin. I'm great. How are you? Well, it's a pleasure to hear your voice and have you on the show. Welcome. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Now let's dive right into what everyone wants to know, Amy, and that's about the fishing on the Cape this week. Uh, We just had the beautiful Memorial Day weekend, so I'm sure plenty of people and customers of yours had a chance to get out on the water, and we can start with the salt water. Um, I know sea bass has been open now for about 10 days. Yeah, the the black sea bass has been um, off to a great start. so going um, Buzzards Bay, um, you know, sort of by the lighthouse has been a great spot. Um, people are getting keeper-sized bass over there. Um, and there are some scup mixed in as well. Um, a lot of our customers, uh, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners do this as well, the um, the Spro Jigs or um, like a Joe Bags Fluky, tipped with um, some type of gulp, like the uh, the grubs or the swimming mullet. Um, those will often get you the bigger black sea bass. Um, and then you can always just do a rig, like a high-low with some weight and um, squid or sea worms. Um, uh, clams work great as well. So those have been working really well. And um, the size of them have been... Um, keeper size for sure um nantucket sound has been good as well like collier's ledge has been um producing some good size fish sort of closer into shore like off of um in nantucket sound like hyannis osterville Catuit area there have been some pretty uh bluefish um i think that uh going from shore close to sunset um topwater lures have been really good getting some good sized blues like maybe 30 inches um so that's been super fun lots of really loud drags and there have been uh lots of stripers being caught as well there's a lot going on in saltwater right now which is awesome for sure the the sea bass fishery is always kind of a, a really solid one you know this time of year and, and you get the scup mixed in as kind of a a byproduct of that, and we just hit on that. But switching and pivoting to, you know, the bluefish, that sounds really great. We've had, I'll say, sporadic reports, Amy, of bluefish. Um, This is the first podcast that I've done uh, where we've actually kind of heard some murmurs about bluefish. Um, Can you give us a little bit more um, detail on that? Or, um, you know, if folks are looking to target some bluefish for the smoker, because I know – People are, are trying to be extra careful with the stripers this year and, and the smaller slot limit. So bluefish might be, you know, more of a meat of choice for some folks that want to bring, you know, a fish home to eat. 
Um, so anything that you can share in terms of from shore or from the boat on, you know, just generally areas of Nantucket Sound that you've heard these fish. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The bluefish, um, they've been hanging out for, you know, at least a week now, um, going from a lot of the, you know, south side beaches um, and close to sunset is uh, a great time to go. And topwater lures, you know, a big uh, single hook at the back, and those have been doing really well. So, you know, definitely um, when the bluefish are around, put those soft plastics away. Just don't even take them out. So, you know, the the bigger plugs, um, you know, I think a lot of people, myself included, really prefer um, the lures that have just a single hook at the tail. Um, it's a lot easier and a lot safer just to get that... Um, the hook out and not get one in your hand what to use there there are so many um you know hoagie makes a great uh top water uh popper that works well atom poppers they've been around forever those work really well yozuri makes awesome ones um ranger um there are so many top water lures and you know frankly um a lot of times it, it doesn't really matter what you put in front of a bluefish. You want to just uh, do like a faster retrieve than for a striped bass. Certainly, definitely have a, a wire leader on there. You can do, you know, it doesn't have to be topwater either. You could do, um, you know, like the SP minnows or bombers or um, the Joe Bag Swarter. Um, you can do metals like the Hopkins, Castmaster, um, Crippled Herring, Deadly Dicks. Yeah, a lot of those, you're just going to come in a little bit faster than you would, say, for a striped bass. Bring that that lip grip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, some, some longer pliers and um, just keep those fingers away from those teeth and should be good. In, in terms of the striped bass bite, we don't want to neglect those as well. I know it's been really hot, you know, all over the Cape pretty much for the past month. It's been a great explosion of fish that have come up. Um, can you give us an idea on a report, um, you know, for the Bay and Nantucket Sound from your point of view? Yeah. So uh, we've been hearing of, like you said, stripers sort of all over, you know, south side canal, north side. Um, you know, I would say in the last several days uh, we've been hearing you know more luck out of uh, the Cape Cod Bay um, some folks have found some mackerel over there so they've been live lining mackerel you know the mackerel has been sort of in varying sizes from tinker max like the smaller ones up to the, the bigger uh, jumbo mackerel and uh, so the the smaller tinker max when you live line those if they're up near the surface reportedly have been getting smaller striped bass chunking the mackerel down a little bit deeper get some bigger fish you know people have been catching you know 40 inch fish which like you said now you definitely got to throw those back and uh you know the regulation is certainly smaller now than it was just a couple weeks ago so um live lining or chunking mackerel has been uh, pretty effective uh, I've talked to a couple of other guys uh, also fishing um, on the bay side, 
and they were, uh, you know, jigging wire line off the bottom. And those were also producing like inch fish. Um, so there are definitely, you know, bigger fish out there. And I think that, you know, it definitely is worth mentioning just being careful about handling the fish and, you know, trying to keep it in the water as long as possible and get it revived before uh, letting it go and making sure it swims off healthy. One last thing I definitely want to ask you about really quick. I think it's a, a something that gets a little bit neglected here are the freshwater opportunities. And I know we're kind of getting toward the end of the spring and a, a lot of folks kind of switch their attention to saltwater. But can you give us just an idea on what's going on on the freshwater front? Yeah, so freshwater front, um, you know, we do all the, the freshwater bait. Uh, we do shiners, night crawlers, trout worms. Uh, I think that right now the bass are possibly uh, spawning right now. I don't think I'm too late in saying that. Um, so, you know, they're going to be up around the edges uh, on their beds. Um, and, you know, people have been catching uh, some pretty decent-sized uh, largemouth and a lot of the ponds nearby, um, you know, a Senko on the bottom is has been working really well. Um, you know, just the rubber worms, and you can just use like a, a weighted um, twist lock hook just to get it down and uh, kind of let it hang out for a little bit. Yeah, and then people still, um, you know, catching trout, but I think bass have been a little bit more active. And, you know, like you said, a lot of people have switched over to the salt water. But the beauty of where we live is, you know, a lot of times you can go down to the pond this time of year and have the place to yourself. And that's a pretty nice way to spend the day. For sure. And the last thing I want to ask you about, Amy, real quick before I let you go, is just what's going on down at the shop. Um, give us a, a clue as to what's cooking down at Sportsport and let us know, you know, is there anything new that you want folks to be aware of? Any new inventory that you're excited about? The floor is yours. What I think a lot of people might not be aware of is, um, you know, our shop has been in Hyannis since the early fifties, but uh, for several summers now we have a, a seasonal annex shop in Osterville Um and, you know, you can go to our website, which is sportsport.us, and it has, you know, all the, the two locations listed there. Um, but for some people, you know, coming into Hyannis is kind of a hassle. Uh, for a lot of people, going to our, our smaller little store in Osterville is a little bit more convenient. So we've been, you know, welcomed there happily. Um, and I think that, you know, one thing that, a little bit better for us this year is the supply chain seems to have, uh, for the most part, stabilized. So we've been able to get most of our stuff um, without uh, lots of wait time. Um, so, you know, you come in and we're pretty well stocked on almost everything. And, you know, all summer long, we'll continue to order and reorder. So we've got a, a lot of stuff to choose from. And if, you, if we don't have it, we can always try to to get something in for people. Well, that's awesome, Amy. It was a pleasure having you join the podcast for the first time here. And I understand you're going to be a regular contributor as we go through the summer. So we look forward to catching up with you every couple of weeks. And again, welcome to the community and, and we love having you. Awesome. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it.
A big thank you to Amy Wrightson of Sportsport down in Hyannis for joining us for the first time ever here on the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. It was a pleasure to introduce Amy to all of you, and we look forward to her partnership and participation as we go through the rest of our summer podcast season. I also want to take a moment to thank all of our guests on today's program, starting with MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins, Bruno Demir of Cape and Islands Mitsubishi and Cape Cotter Boats, AJ Coots of Red Top Sporting Goods down in Buzzards Bay, and last but not least, Amy Wrightson of Sportsport in Hyannis. So as promised, it was an action-packed episode for you today to kick off the beautiful month of June here on Cape Cod. Sure hope everybody got a little bit of local intelligence and knowledge out of the show. As always, feel free to leave us your feedback, constructive criticism, and suggestions, whether it's on the podcast thread itself or in the forum. And that's going to put the wraps on today's episode of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast presented by Cape and Islands Mitsubishi and Cape Codder Boats. This is your host, Kevin Collins, signing off. And until we chat again next week, tight lines and take care. Thanks for tuning in to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. For the latest local news, information, and fishing reports, be sure to log on to MyFishingCapeCod.com. From all of us at My Fishing Cape Cod, tight lines and take care.